You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to another edition of NFL University, the show where we educate you on all things across the National Football League landscape. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL University is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm joined as always by Kyle Posey of Niners Nation as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., And we've got a lot to get to on today's show. I didn't know that franchise tag deadline day was going to be just absolute chaos yesterday in the NFL. March 8th was not really when I was expecting all of this stuff to come out. Usually it's free agency week, but Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers uh, signs a new deal with the Packers or hasn't signed it yet, but he's going back to Green Bay. Uh, We'll get confirmation on that at some point, I would assume. But Rodgers is staying in Green Bay, and they're tagging wide receiver Devontae Adams. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff to get to. So let's just get to it. Biggest story of the day in the NFL. The Denver Broncos pull off one of the biggest trades in NFL history, acquiring superstar quarterback Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, I, I did an emergency podcast discussing this with RJ Ochoa yesterday on the SB nation NFL show, but I haven't talked to you guys a ton about this. So justice KP, I want to get your guys thoughts on Russell Wilson and this absolutely loaded AFC West now. Yeah. So just history would suggest in Seattle's case, this probably isn't going to work out, right? Like just moving all these picks, hoping that you get something in return, hoping that, you know, a quarterback in the future whoever you're betting on, and hopefully that's not true luck who they received in return. But um, that was the real shock to me is like, what are they expecting to do? Like, what are they hoping for? And, and again, I imagine their hands were tied in this situation. We, we went through the whole Russell Wilson fiasco last summer, and it was pretty clear that, you know, they're at a breaking point with each other. But um, my initial take was, wow, first of all, there was a lot of compensation given up. And second of all, like, what is Seattle trying to do here? It's a very odd situation, and it seems like they turned down – the reporting at early on was they turned down a better offer from Washington that would have given them three first-round picks. And then it came out that uh, Russ, you know, basically – he had to waive his no trade to get traded to Denver, right? So he wasn't willing to do that for Philadelphia. He wasn't willing to do that for Washington. So – this is kind of what happens when you give a guy a no trade clause, right? You're like, your hands are tied. You you can negotiate compensation, but you're only bidding with one team. It's, it's not necessarily going to highest bidder because he has an option to be able to decide where he goes. I am really surprised Seattle basically gets no assets that can be used on a quarterback moving forward. I mean, unless you package some of these picks. Um, I think based off of and this gets into the tagging and stuff like that, but with Cam Robinson getting the double tag in Jacksonville, I think that puts them in a situation where they're almost certainly going to take Aiden Hutchinson first overall. If Aiden Hutchinson goes first overall, I think Detroit starts to have the conversation of, are we taking Malik Willis second? And maybe even not necessarily to even start him in this upcoming season, right? So if that happens, Seattle's looking at Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, those type of guys at at nine. I don't I don't think they could pull the trigger there. And then you look at the second best asset in that trade, it's the 2023 first that is probably going to be like 28th overall. You can't take a court like that's that's what the Packers used on Jordan Love, yeah. right? Like that that's not a quarterback selection. So I think this sets back the Seahawks a good bit. Um the fact that they got Shelby Harris, who's going to make $16 million over the next two years, is weird. The fact that 
they had to trade for Drew Locke's one-year contract is weird. The fact that Seattle had to give a a fourth-round pick in return um, <laughs> is weird. I I don't like this trade for them. I don't like it for a court or a, or a head coach of Pete Carroll's age. I understand they basically did as much for Russell Wilson as they could ask um, in terms of changing over offensive coordinators pretty consistently, right? I think at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is going to run the Russell Wilson offense because that's what he's good at. I, we've seen so many coaches already try to make him into anything else. And he's a, he's a gun passer who's pretty good at it, and he's going to scramble around. Like, that's what he is. So I, I don't buy into the hype of Hackett is going to make him Aaron Rodgers in, in, in Denver. But I also don't like this for Seattle at all. I mean, it just kind of tanks the franchise out. How much, and this is probably not fair, but how different is Russell Wilson today compared to the Russell Wilson you saw at NC State? I mean, he still doesn't throw over the middle. Right. right? That's, what, like, that's, that's what I'm thing. saying. He, he does a lot of the same things. Like he's he's probably more composed in the pocket and whatnot a little bit, but he was always just like an athlete who really relied on his strengths, like his gifts, and he's very gifted. So why not? And he's always been able to do that and get away with it. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up the offensive coordinators because some, like when I would watch Seattle and their offense, especially with Shoddy, like I, I didn't think Shoddy was like as bad as some of, you know, the, the, the public would give him uh, just some crap for, but it, it was weird just how the whole direction, how the whole conversation played out, but just tying it back to Seattle um, and the the immediate impact, like what are they going to do at quarterback, man? And uh, when you talk about the trade, when you talk about, you know, the assets they're getting in return, it seemed like their main focus of this trade was, all right, we're just going to get as much as we can for Russell Wilson. And that's it. Like they weren't thinking in any other direction. They weren't thinking um, about the future, obviously, but yeah, just a really questionable decision here. But I guess, I guess we can tie it back into Denver because now, you know, loaded AFC West, a lot of good quarterbacks, man. And the Raiders are about to hit desperation mode. I I think they passed the buck on the desperation there. I think Denver was in the position where they were probably the most desperate team in the league, just looking at like the quarterback climate that, that they were in and what was around them. Right. I think, I, I think, Vegas now is in that position, not at quarterback necessarily, because I don't think it's realistic to think we're going to improve at the quarterback position better than Derek Carr. I, I I just think the only way to do that is to spend an incredible amount of assets that would end up hurting you down the road, especially year one in the Josh McDaniels rebuild. But they're going to have to do something, and I think they're going to have to try to make a big splash in some way, form, or fashion to kind of make up this distance. Uh, and Josh McDaniels has to be – sitting in Vegas or, or wherever he's at at this exact moment, just being like, why did I take this job? Why, <laughs> why, why did I go to a division that already had Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and now Russell Wilson? Like what is going on? Because- oh, it's probably a better gig than Jim Ursay lying to you and telling you that Andrew <laughs> Luck is healthy. And then you being like, actually I want out. And then everyone turning against you because of the <laughs> coach or the uh, owner lied. Like he lied to season ticket owners multiple times about Luck's health. Well, and I, I do want to talk about you guys mentioned that you think that Seattle lost this thing. Like it, it's a bad move long term for Seattle. And I agree with you. I don't think there's much debate there. Like Russell Wilson is a cornerstone player. He is a franchise quarterback and they got a draft hall for him and they got some players. But like you're not you didn't get that guy in return and, and you didn't get a pick that guarantees you a guy like Russell Wilson in return. But Denver, on the other hand, too, it's like the draft picks. Sure, those those things are valuable. You can hit on them. You you can obviously get superstar players, and that's how you want to build a roster in the NFL. But the fact that they only had to give up player wise, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris is ridiculous. Like Noah Fant hasn't you know exactly lived up to like that first round superstar potential tight end so far in the NFL. Some of that might have to do with the Broncos quarterback issues, but the fact that they kept Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy is huge. The fact that they kept their cornerstones on defense and and Patrick Sertan, the second who looks like he is going to be a superstar. Like the fact that they kept all of those young guys who were already kind of cornerstone pieces is insane. And I, I don't know how Seattle pulls the trigger on this trade without getting like one of those guys who can be a legit superstar potentially in return. 
Shouts to Noah Fant, who cannot escape Drew Locke. Like, what did he do to deserve it? Man, he <laughs> took the biggest L out of anyone. Where it's like, oh crap, I'm, I'm stuck here too. Even in Denver's case, they they still have Burt. They still have the Missouri tight end, who like I know he's he's had some health issues, but I feel like he can give them whatever Noah Fant could, especially um, in that offense with as many weapons. Before, like, just looking at rosters around the NFL you would think Denver has a strong, strong roster. They stack up well against anybody. And especially if they get Vaughn Miller back, who has been teasing that he's going to come back. Man, if, if Russell Wilson can just be, you know, competent and healthy, they're going to be a tough out for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think that they they have a, a really good chance to be um, a, a strong playoff contender next year with Russ. I think one of probably the most under-talked aspects of this, Denver is looking for a new ownership. They traded draft picks – that are not their own to basically bump up the assets of this franchise as it's about to go on sale. Like think about how much higher the Denver Broncos are going to go on sale for when you can say, Hey, Russell Wilson is going to be your quarterback, Mr. Billionaire, right? Instead of you're going to be wandering the earth at, at the quarterback position. Like this is definitely, I think was like a move that is very unique, right? Like we're, we're talking about this as a like record breaking move. And I don't think this happens in a vacuum, right, in terms of the trade. I, I, I think it happens in a situation like this where a team is about to go on sale and stuff like that. Not going to hurt the market value, that's for sure. No. I, I think that's what's also like so impressive that they were able to do this because Russell Wilson's, what, 33, 34 years old. And so he's going to want to get paid again at some point down the line, but like – you're getting a franchise quarterback that's going to be in place for at least like five years in Denver. And so, yeah, you get that new ownership group in. you say, okay, we got Russell. We can sell a lot of jerseys and tickets and stuff with this team and the way that it is presently constructed. The AFC West is stacked. Like if the chargers figure out this offensive line, if, if they go out, add pieces along their defensive line, and the Chiefs are going to be making moves. They're expected to be busy in free agency. And Josh Gordon, draft. baby. Like, yeah, Josh Gordon, futures deal coming back <laughs> big time next season. Like, it's insane. This division, the NFC West, I think, is the closest thing that we've seen to it where these teams just absolutely beat up on each other all year. But these three quarterbacks, like, what? <laughs> It, every AFC West game has an argument to just be a primetime game next season because of the caliber of quarterbacks that are going to be playing in this division. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of AFC West primetime games. And, like, why wouldn't you? Who doesn't want to see Mahomes versus Russ? Who doesn't want to see Russ versus Herbert? Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun games to watch. But uh, what I want to – You're telling me you don't want to watch uh, Titans-Jags on Thursday night football in week three? <laughs> Come on, man. We have to give every NFL team a primetime shot, right? Yeah, because totally – right. uh, What do you guys think Russ is going to look like in a couple of years? We, we talk about his athleticism, but I don't think he – he relies on his, on his athleticism. But in a way, I think he'll be fine um, once he gets to like 35, 36. How, how do you guys feel about that? I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal because it's not – he's good about taking hits too. Like I know – About avoiding – yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people talk about the sack numbers and stuff like that, but, like, when he's scrambling around, like, he gets down, he gets out of bounds. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be a – unless he has some sort of, like, non-contact injury or something, and then his speed is just clearly not there anymore. Like, I, I, I don't think – I don't anticipate Russ's body just kind of, like, breaking down. Yeah, I, I think I'd be confident in him uh, still being able to do this for a while, and – you know, he he still uses his legs to make a lot of plays, but he's not like flat out running the way he was early in his career. And so I, I think all of that is going to work in his favor. And you, know, you think about those weapons like I'm interested in, in these deep ball Russ moonshots to Cortland Sutton next season. Like I think that's going to be there for a long time. So I, I think he's going to be fine. I think the Broncos are legitimately a contender in the AFC and I'm excited for some AFC West football this upcoming season. So Denver, assuming they make, we are agree that in a, in a sense, in most cases that they made out like bandits, but to play devil's advocate, like why wouldn't this work out? Like what, what part of this trade are we going to look back on? Like, well, maybe they shouldn't have done that. Is, is that even possible on the table right now? 
It's the Drew Locke. It's that they didn't get a uh, a third round pick instead of a fourth round pick. I mean, like, there's nothing like to complain about. Lock just takes off, right? Yeah, you, you got you got too you got the quarterback. True. You got the quarterback. You didn't give assets back for them to get a quarterback. Like you did what needed to be done. I I, I don't think there's a negative. Like if there's a negative, it's injury risk or something like that, or the front office not being able to to draft around him. But that's not an issue with this trade, like in a vacuum. You know what I mean? So. No, I don't. I don't think there's anything to criticize the trade of if, if if you're Denver. Yeah, it feels like the only way this thing isn't like if Denver doesn't take a huge step next season, it feels like it's only going to be because of like injuries or just total incompetence, like in, in coaching, and they got a new staff in place and figuring that stuff out. But there's just when you look at the roster and the talent, like this team's just got too much talent on it with Russell Wilson as their quarterback to not be seriously competitive. And I want to go back to the Raiders just real quick while we're still on the AFC West. I have seen some people say like the Raiders should just rebuild. What are they rebuilding for? Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are like 25 years old, buddy. That is about to be a 15 year rebuild project. If you're just going to wait for them to go away. And the Raiders made it to the playoffs last season. So like, those are the expectations. Like, this is not a situation where they're going to just like roll over and say like, oh, well, and in five years we'll be competitive. Like they are going to be the most desperate team in the league. I expect if there's like any like weird over signings, anything like that, that comes from desperation, it's coming from Las Vegas. I was going to say, you don't get to change your expectations because of what other teams do. That is not no, how this works. not at all. Um, Ask Russell Wilson. The NFC West right. got really good. And what standard right. was he held to? Like, hey. This is what you are now. So I mentioned it at the top. The Green Bay Packers and quarterback Aaron Rodgers reportedly agreed to terms on a four-year, $200 million extension yesterday that makes him the highest paid player in the NFL. And again, he's supposed to get $153 million guaranteed. They tagged Devontae Adams, but then... Rodgers came out, put a tweet out, kind of backtracked that he, you know, had fully agreed to the contract. Pat McAfee was saying that the numbers that were being reported by Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter weren't accurate. So we'll get all that stuff figured out, but it does feel like we can confirm Aaron Rodgers is in fact returning to Green Bay. He will be the Packers quarterback. Justice, what was your first reaction? What did you do? Did you scream? Did you jump? Did you dance? What what happened when you found out Aaron Rodgers was returning to Green Bay? This happened at like 8.30 Pacific time in the morning. And by like 8.31, my phone was like physically hot because so many people were trying to text me. Um, I was happy. I mean, I immediately went to posting mode and was just like, all right, text is going to get the write-up on the site. Done deal. I'm I'm attacking people on Twitter. Um, fi- find me all the Aaron Rodgers photoshops in blue and orange. Um, the the funny thing about this, just a side point, which Schefter, Mister Editor, came out in him, and he was like, "Yeah, the Russell Wilson trade had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay." Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, this just happened to be a coincidence that like ten minutes afterwards, like Russell Wilson trade is is okay. Like, get out of here. The the big thing for me, as soon as Rodgers decided he was going to come back one green Bay is going to be a contender moving forward. The fact that it was a four year deal was surprising me. I thought we were looking at something like two years with three void years or something like that, instead of, you know, a full four year deal. And then that clearly created the cap space that they could then retain Devonta Adams. Cause I still think there was at least some concern that they wouldn't be able to clear the cap space to be able to retain both of them, or at least keep them as trade assets. Devonte Adams, I think, is a really interesting situation going forward. So let let me set the table for you. Aaron Rodgers comes back from Shaka Karma, right? We already talked about all this stuff. He comes back from his like twelve day, you know, retreat, whatever it is. Starts to think to himself, "All right, Green Bay is the best spot I can contend moving forward. This team has won thirty nine games in the last three years. I like the head coach. Me and the head coach are about to be the longest tenured." Uh, quarterback and head coaching tandem in the NFC as it stands moving forward. Then he, he, he goes to Devontae Adams and says, Hey, I'm ready to come back. And Devontae tells him that's very cool. We are not a package deal though. You understand that, right? Like I still want $30 million per year. Rogers gets cold feet, starts thinking about, okay, what does Denver look like then? And that's when all the stuff starts leaking out like combine week, right? 
that's what it seems to from from what I've talked to people. That's what it seems to be. And the Devonte Adams asking for thirty million dollars per year thing is not going to go away anytime soon. Ocho Cinco was on Twitter and was talking about this. He's one of his trainers and was like, he's not going to be playing on the franchise tag because the Packers are in a situation right now. They can tag him this year and then also next year, and he'll still make less than thirty million dollars. You know, per which is the per year ask from Devonte. So I think. There's a real chance right now that the Rodgers news leaking that he was still considering Denver in the week of the combine was him realizing him and Devontae are not a package deal and that moving forward, now that Rodgers is management, right? Hey, you asked for this. He's going to have to make the decision of like, do you want $30 million in cap space or in potentially draft picks or do you want Devontae Adams? Because you're going to be ha- have to be the one to pull this trigger. I mean, it, we're, we're talking about desperation. We talked about the, the Raiders, right? Trading for Devontae Adams. You know, Derek Carr's former college wide receiver. That's one of the moves that they can make. Um, is Adams on the roster week one? I don't know. I, I really do not know. Because the way that they're talking about. So the last big true free agent uh, like wide receiver contract. Like one that you can compare to and say. This is like an actual contract, not an extension, not some sort of cap man- manipulation move. The last big deal was Amari, right? The last big deal was Amari. Devontae is looking at what Nuke got, which was with basically no guaranteed money, right? And he got like $27 million on like a two-year extension. Devontae's saying, I want 30 and I want it over four and I want the guaranteed money. So he's trying to like completely reset the wide receiver market which I don't blame him. I think he should be paid like the number one wide receiver in the league. But the Packers aren't in a situation where they can handle that on the cap, right? So you have to have real conversations now moving forward of like, okay, I understand he's wide receiver one. I understand in a vacuum we would want him on the roster. But can we re- like realistically afford it, right? And if not, how, how much is Oakland willing to give back to us? Or Las Vegas, my bad. Yeah, I I guess I didn't really consider the fact that, you know, him getting franchise tagged, there was still a possibility that they would even consider moving him after bringing Rodgers back. Because I assumed you bring Rodgers back because he wants Adams there and you do everything you can to keep Devontae Adams. But they haven't had they haven't had long term contract extension talk since the season started. Yeah. Like including this offseason. Hasn't happened. Oh, and I, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm with you. He deserves to get paid. I mean, he's he's a guy that's going to be 30 next season. Like he deserves to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. And a lot of these players, I think, are looking up this cap space going up and, and being as high as it's ever been. And they're like, OK, we had to go through all this last offseason where none of you wanted to pay us because the salary cap went down. Now it's going back up. Now it's time for you to re- start resetting some markets and, and start paying us. I don't blame Devontae Adams for wanting that at all. No, I just, I just, again, I don't think Green Bay is going to be willing to do it. And if Devontae isn't willing to, like, is he going to sit out? Is he going to do the Le'Veon Bell thing? Like, I, I think this is going to be a big stare down unless someone comes in with a, you know, Godfather offer and says, like, okay, we're going to give all these picks for Devontae and then you're going to move him. But the, the thing too is like, Cap space doesn't do you any good in July, right? So it would have to happen relatively quickly. Like if if the Packers want to be able to build a team around this free agent class, which they'd probably be able to do if, you know, Devontae has moved, this is going to have to happen in the next week. So probably before that, just because deals are going to be agreed upon and, you know, you don't want to miss the first wave and all that. So what do you mean? I mean, the the, uh, the NFL would never – talk about uh contracts before it's legally allowed kp Never. nothing has happened yet so that is not true yeah they don't do that nobody's had conversations <laughs> yet it's we we still got we still got several days before yep. that happens across the league but yesterday was the franchise tag deadline uh as we already mentioned wide receiver Devonte adams of course getting the franchise tag bucks wide receiver chris godwin getting the franchise tag for the second consecutive season Bengal safety Jesse Bates also getting tagged by by Cincinnati. Chiefs tagging Orlando Brown Jr. Jaguars tagging Cam Robinson for the second consecutive year. The Dolphins tag tight end Mike Jasicki. 
Cowboys tag tight end Dalton Schultz and the Browns tag tight end David Njoku. Any thoughts on that group of players? Any surprises? Anyone that you think like, why are we tagging that player? What is it? What is going on there? Surprised by the double tag for Cam Robinson. I, I know that was a weird one. I think there, there were full blown like teams expecting Cam Robinson to hit the free agent market. And I think this was just a situation of Jacksonville realizing like Cam, Cam Robinson was going to get crazy money from someone like everyone knows Miami right now is going to just like overpay the hell for, for an offensive tackle in, in this free agent class. So I think that was kind of a reaction to probably the conversations that happened in the combine where NFL teams are talking about contracts with, with uh, agents, even though they're not allowed to do that. The other note that I would have is three tight ends got tagged. At some point, these tight ends got to get mad, right? That like their, their number is just so low that the team could just slap the tag on him and, and just say, okay, we hold your rights to negotiate with you moving forward in July. And then, you know, by mid July, that deadline or whatever, you can no longer uh, negotiate a long-term contract and you'll have to play on the tag, which you obviously don't want to do, especially at a position like that, where you're taking hits from, defensive ends catching balls over the middle all that stuff like that just kind of sucks Gasecki, i'm surprised is actually not pushing back on being tagged as a tight end if i were Gasecki's agent i would have been trying the league to to get him called a wide receiver because frankly he doesn't play tight end at all um so i i guess those are the only kind of takeaways i have what about you kp um the Gasecki one yeah i, I imagine they were pushing for wide receiver and the offense just no, not going to happen. Was the Godwin thing more of like, hey, you got hurt, so we're going to – I don't want to say like reward you because like he deserves it, but what was the story behind tagging him knowing that, you know, the likelihood of him playing or, you know, playing immediately is just not going to happen? So it was reported that they're still trying to work out a long-term deal. They just couldn't get it in place before the deadline. So they tagged him to, you know, keep him from hitting the free agent market. But – I was actually a little surprised by that. You know, Chris Godwin was going to be a really coveted free agent wide receiver, and maybe he does work at a long-term deal with the Bucks. but you have to assume Tampa Bay without Tom Brady is kind of in rebuild mode. So it would make sense to just kind of move on in part ways with that wide receiver. We'll see. So I was on DraftKings yesterday looking at the NFC title odds, right? The Packers moved way up. Obviously, the Packers are now second in the NFC, just like right behind the Los Angeles Rams. A team that was still in the top six was Tampa. I mean, look at their quarterbacks under contract. They still don't even have Blaine Gabbert on an extension right now. So it's just Kyle Trask. I think the assumption is that Tampa makes some sort of big move to be able to land one of these quarterbacks. But there's eight teams that need quarterbacks in this free agency class. And there's maybe six guys out there and and we're talking about guys like Andy Dalton right we're talking about guys like uh Jameis Winston Marcus Mariota guys like that Mitch Trubisky someone's going to be left without a quarterback and it's going to be a real bad situation for them going into the draft yeah I'm surprised that and you mentioned that you know the tight end number is low I think that tight ends across the NFL can kind of blame Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller for that stuff because they took very team-friendly deals and it has not helped drive up the tight end market at all. I don't really know why the Browns tagged David Njoku. Like, I understand that he's a young player who's got a lot of athleticism and he's shown some flashes, but they're paying Austin Hooper a ton of money. He's one of the highest-paid tight ends in the NFL, and they've got another young tight end, Harrison Bryant. I understand that it has to do with like Kevin Stefanski's offense and what he wants to do. And maybe it is just because the tight end tag is that low. I just don't think it really makes much sense when you're already paying a bunch of money to Austin Hooper, bringing back David and Joku instead of just letting him hit the market. And Joku had a game last season against the Chargers where he had 149 yards. He did not have another game over. Uh, he had only one other game over 50 yards all season. What yeah. are they expecting? <laughs> What's going to change? I, I think of all the guys who got tagged, that was the most surprising in terms of baseline talent level, right? Like the Jags, it was surprising because they paid 120% over last year's tag on Ken Robinson, even though they weren't able to work out a long-term extension, right? The David Njoku one was like, you're the biggest surprise just from a t- pure talent perspective. Like, 
oh, you got the tag? Congrats, dude. Right. Good for and you, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, round of applause for him. Uh, the, the, about Dalton Schultz, the Cowboys could probably get that type of production from, I mean, I don't want to say anybody, and I, and I don't want to downplay what Schultz brings because I do think, you know, at least in the first half, he looked competent. But uh, that was a little bit surprising just knowing – um, you know, what they could possibly do with that money. The Jarwin elsewhere. thing has to hurt him or has to help him, right? Where Jarwin, the, the news came out that he had a rare hip injury that he's mm. going to have to have surgery on and stuff. And it's, I'm sure they're, walk. yeah, I'm sure they're at a certain, like to a certain extent, they were just like, let's, let's make sure we have a tight end week one. Like, let's not mess that one up I when we're already going to have to release a guy like Amari Cooper, you know, for cap space. And Dalton Schultz was somebody that I thought was going to hit the open market and get way overpaid by somebody like Austin Hooper did a couple of years ago by the Browns. But that's actually a, a perfect spot for us to take a quick time out. When we get back, we are going to go through our uh, top five free agents who are likely to be overpaid. That's coming up next on NFL University. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NFL University. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. We're going to get into some free agents that we think are likely to get overpaid. But before we do that, uh, late last night, the Titans announced that they, they did not wind up tagging Harold Landry ahead of the franchise tag deadline but it's because they gave him a massive contract extension, making the 25-year-old one of the higher-paid pass rushers in the NFL. And the Chargers also announced a a three-year, $60 million contract extension with wide receiver Mike Williams. Any thoughts on on those two big-name guys that are not going to hit the free agent market now? Uh, Landry got a good amount of money. I mean, he's a guy who's kind of designated pass rusher. I think he kind of sets the market for what guys are going to be looking at, you know, in this class. Um, there's going to be plenty of them. I mean, Randy Gregory is going to be looking for money. Von Miller obviously has quarters, you know, already. Um, a guy like uh, Demarcus Lawrence could potentially hit the market. So I think everyone's going to see what Harold Landry got and just say, hey, there's money out there for pass rushers. This is a good market for pass rushers right now, which I thought was kind of surprising just considering, and, and this is kind of talking about the depth of, the draft class, but usually some of these things are correlated, right? When wide receivers get overpaid like crazy, it's usually because there's a bad wide receiver class. Well, there's money out there to pay edge rushers, and this is a really good edge rusher class, like probably one of the best that we've seen in recent years. It might not be, there might not be a Miles Garrett type of prospect at the top, but in terms of the depth, you can grab a guy in, in you know, round two and he could start for you immediately. Compare that to like even this past draft class where guys like Owe were getting drafted and it was like, yeah, he's going to have to be a rotational guy early on. So the fact that this draft class, the depth of the edge rushers isn't going to impact the free agent market. I think, you know, based off of this Harold Landry contract, if the Titans are 
in tune with what kind of like the market is going to be after conversations at the combine. I think that bodes well for all edge rushers hitting the open market. Would you say Landry's worth it? In isolation, probably not. But t- the Titans are coming off of a one seed. And, like, what else are you going to do? You know what right. I mean? Like, to expectations don't go down. You don't get the one seed and say, like, oh, darn. Well, we, we got to rebuild. Like, they're, they're still in it. They're still building around the Derrick Henry, the Julio Jones, the Ryan Tannehill thing. So, if you're going to do it, do it, I guess. I mean, it, I don't think it's a difficult contract to work around. I just wouldn't be surprised if, after year three, Harold Landry has moved on from like, but that's true for a lot of these free agent deals. Free agent money isn't as good, you know, from a return on investment standpoint, right? Free agent money isn't as good as resigning your own players. So like the fact that they let this come down to the wire with Landry was, was always going to cost them. Yeah. And I think that Tennessee is looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, we were the one seed in the AFC and all these other contending teams across the NFL have needs and they're going to be willing to spend money. Like there's a lot of contending teams that need pass rushers. There's a lot of contending teams that need offensive line help. And so I think they were just kind of looking at it like we got to just pay this dude because he's going to command a ton of money if we let him hit the market and he's not going to come back to Tennessee. So they just said, all right, fine, here. Take, take all this money, Harold. Let's go. Please come back. We need you. Mike Williams. So, as Steve said, they're paying him a lot of money to perform like one of the best receivers in the NFL. When you have Justin Herbert, I don't feel like you need to overextend or overpay wide receivers with Mike Williams' skill set. And by that, I mean, so think about the type of routes that Mike Williams runs. Think about what Mike Williams does for the Chargers offense. He's a guy who's going to run a lot of nine routes, a lot of post routes, a lot of out routes, a lot of comeback routes. So basically anything on the sideline where Justin Herbert will just put it on your face and you have to catch it. I imagine the Chargers could get that type of production from a lot of different receivers and they could probably use the money that they gave Mike Williams to, I don't know, any defensive tackle ever or Um, just like, you know, a second level player. I feel like they could have used that money in a lot of different places to help build their team because again, like for me, Justin Herbert is a lot like Luka Doncic where like he just does everything right. And when you have that type of guy, you can build around him in a bunch of different ways. And it just seems like the Chargers, I don't, I don't want to, well, I guess they do overvalue Mike Williams, but I don't know if it was just, they don't, they don't want to risk going in a different direction. But again, I, I just I don't understand how you watch what they did on offense and think, oh, man, we got to bring this guy back. And it sounds like, you know, that's kind of discrediting what Mike Williams does, because like he's a great jump ball guy. Like, he's one of the better 50 50 wide receivers in the NFL. Um, but again, when you just think about what the Chargers need to do on offense and who they have as quarterback, I just don't understand paying Mike Williams this type of money. And I don't either. You know, at the end of the day, he's a possession guy. He's an acrobat, right? That's a lot of money to pay a guy who can't necessarily create a ton of separation, which is my big issue with it. But I think it's going to look better as the wide receiver market kind of evolves, right? Where Tampa is willing to take a $19.1 million cap hit immediately for a banged up Chris Car- of Chris Godwin. And Devontae Adams is about to ask for $30 million, right, per year. On a, on a long-term extension. So I, th- I think this number is going to be more palatable down the line. And, and I, I, but I, I do understand as of today, March 9th, that it is kind of a shocking number for Mike Williams, where you're like, you really got three for 60. Like you, Mike Williams. That's crazy. <laughs> and I, I just think wide receivers are going to get paid like for nuts sure. moving forward. Like the wide receiver market is about to be completely reset again. Amari Cooper, who's already in a spot where he's going to be released off of his contract was the last big multi-year like guaranteed money deal that we saw. Right. It's been a couple years since that. So I, I, I think it was just time at the wide receiver position. Do you guys, you guys remember that last game of the season that was prime time. It was the Raiders and the chargers. And it was that crazy game where there was like a billion fourth downs that Herbert had to convert. So Mike Williams had 17 targets in that game and he went over a hundred yards, but I feel like that is a prime example of, was that more of Mike Williams getting a lot of yards or was it the breaking news sounder breaking news sounder Carson Wentz is traded to the Washington commanders. 
Wait, really? <laughs> yep, not not joking, <laughs> oh, no. buddy. Oh, not joking. No. Holy smokes, oh, man. man. Yeah, Enough of Mike buddy. Williams. What are we doing? Wins, wins, package wins. of picks. Look, I'm That's telling you, third the rounders. quarterback market is not fun. There's six quarterbacks out there for eight teams. <laughs> this is not a good quarterback draft class. Teams are going to get desperate. Oh, man, is that the best quarterback Terry McLaurin's had thrown to him in the NFL? Carson Wentz? We don't even have to say uh, such a sad statement to say out loud. <laughs> this is Carson Wentz's chance. Just you wait. Did it work out at the last couple of stops? No, but this time will be different. So who does are we Indy doing go after? Here, man? <laughs> who does Indy go after? Because they think they can get an improvement oh, over Wentz. We talked about it Here's on uh, after, right NFL here, Reacts. I'd love to see Marcus Mariota wind up in Indianapolis and, and see what that actually looks like. Marcus Mariota took a pay cut last year, though. Is is he clearly an, an improvement over Wentz? That is a terrible return. Mind you, the Colts <laughs> could have just not paid a first round pick for Wentz. They had the choice to not do it, right? Like, yeah. So they gave up a, fir- <sighs> a first round pick and then traded him the following offseason for for pennies out of the dollar for two third round picks. Goodness gracious! I guess. Do you want to talk about the uh, overpaid free agents because we can get into mix of this right now? <laughs> so, I. I think that Mike Williams is kind of one of those overpaid guys, but he didn't actually hit free agency and he decided to go back to the Los Angeles chargers. But I do think that there is going to be like, we've already mentioned the caps going up. There's going to be a lot of guys where, you know, last free agency period, these NFL teams were skeptical about spending a lot of money because they were worried about their cap space and, and revenue and all of that stuff because of the pandemic. So I understand all of that, but I do agree that like the wide receiver market is probably going to get reset. I think there's going to be a lot of wide receivers that get a lot of money in the next couple of weeks. And somebody that we talked about before the show, I think Juju Smith Schuster is going to get paid a lot of money by somebody. And I don't necessarily think that he deserves like a huge long-term contract, but he took that cheap one year deal to go back to Pittsburgh last year. And again, that was because people just weren't giving out big contracts last off season. I think somebody is going to pay him a lot of money because he's still a young wide receiver. And they think that he could still be, you know, potentially like a, a number one type of big play guy. Yeah. And I think it, again, the wide receiver market thing extends to everyone, right? Where, DJ Chark, Marquez Valdez Scanling, two guys who haven't necessarily put up crazy production. MVS is a guy who I, I think he hasn't cracked 700 yards in a single season in his career. Mind you, he spent the last two years playing for an MVP caliber quarterback, right? In, in that who system. Who needed help, by the way, like who yes. could have certainly used his production. And he was banged up a little bit, but still, he's a guy who's going to, he's going to get, you know, eight to $12 million a year. Like that, that's what's going to be asked of these wide receivers. Like if you want help, come and get it. And this is again, a pretty good wide receiver class. I mean, there's plenty of guys in the top 50 where you're looking at a guy like, I, I know Kyle likes him, Jahan Dotson, right? Like Dotson is going to get picked like 40th overall, be like the sixth wide receiver off of the board and people love him. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, this wide receiver market's going to be nuts. The other one is quarterback, right? We just talked about the Carson Wentz news just came through. He got traded for multiple day two picks. He was on a bad contract, and Washington cannot wait to give him money. Mitch Trubisky is going to have plenty of suitors just because he's one of the seats in musical chairs, and there's just simply not enough of these guys. I mean, how many reports about Mitch Trubisky have come out in recent weeks where they're like, yeah, this team is interested, this team is interested, this team is interested, and you hear the fans talk about it, and they're like, well, I guess worst comes to worst, we signed Mitch Trubisky. He can only sign with one team, man. He can only sign with one team. Like a lot of you guys are going to end up starting a quarterback like Andy Dalton instead of Mitch Trubisky because you missed out on the Mitch Trubisky sweepstakes. So I think Trubisky is going to get, I would guess, 15 to 18 million, maybe one or two year deal. But that's still going to be tough on on, on a cap. I mean, it's not going to be nothing. And maybe that's why a Seattle is like, well, we want Drew Locke back because he's on a cap controlled, you know, contract at least. So Going back to Juju real quick, I just like when you watch him and you're thinking, what can he add to my offense? I just don't know what that answer is. So, yeah, I 
he, he just seems like he just runs two routes. <laughs> and when that's the case, and I'm not even sure that, you know, he really brings that much after the catch. Um, I don't know if it was an out of sight, out of mind thing. And people are remembering what he did a couple of seasons ago, but that wouldn't be somebody that I would, or that would, that's going to be somebody that I imagine will get paid and somebody that I think we'll be talking about, you know, this time next year, like what were they thinking? But it's not too much of a surprise. As for Trubisky, Schefter was on a podcast yesterday and he said that I forgot which team it was, but he didn't think that they'd be able to afford him. We're talking about Mitch Trubisky who did not play last season, who went under Josh Allen and Brian Dable's wing. And all of a sudden is, going to transform into the superstar quarterback um i think it's fair to a degree to say that you know mitch could have he didn't he wasn't in the the best circumstance in chicago that doesn't you know absolve him for a lot of the there were a lot of bad plays um, that he put out consistently so um it's kind of mind-boggling to think about we're talking about you know this Mitch Trubisky, who we all watched a lot of football about and think that an nfl team is going to come away thinking we have to have this guy. So yeah, that Trubisky's a name. Um, you guys mentioned MVS, and um, we got to talk about Carson Wentz, man. I don't know how. <laughs> well, I, I want to loop back to the Trubisky thing. How dare you say he didn't play? He had eight eight uh, pass attempts. Oh my bad. He did have that yes. garbage time, buddy. <laughs> well, it was uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports okay. that put out yesterday that. He he's hearing the Giants might be interested in bringing in Trubisky to possibly well, hired hire Dayball, right? Yeah, and they turned down with Daniel Jones. They turned down the fifth year option for Daniel Jones, which is probably the most under talked about quarterback move of of the offseason. I think we all spent time talking about Carson Wentz and does Indianapolis move off of him and stuff like that. I think Daniel Jones is a guy who could potentially be moved on from. Right, the front office is gone. He's on coaching staff number three. Now, if I'm counting correctly, it's not like he has a ton of advocates for him in the building. And if they want Trubisky, what's even the point of holding on to him when you can get maybe a third round pick or whatever back? I mean, look at the Sam Darnold trade, right? Like you could trade these bad quarterbacks under cap cap controlled contracts who came from high backgrounds and someone will take them. I do another couple of players that I think have a strong chance to get overpaid this off season and it's at the running back position, which traditionally doesn't command, you know, a huge market. But again, with all these teams having more money and being willing to spend money this off season, I think that Leonard Fournette and James Connor are both prime candidates for some team to way overpay. Like Leonard Fournette is only 27 years old and he showed last season that he can be a workhorse. And we saw that a little bit early on in his career in Jacksonville, but he really had a career year in Tampa last season. And then James Conner had 18 touchdowns this past year. Like, I, I think there's going to be a team who has money and, and is willing to just throw some money at offensive weapons that's going to wind up paying those two running backs a little bit more than they probably should. The other the other uh, guy that I had was Akeem Hicks. He's pretty popular on the Twitters, and that's because he was very good two years ago. And because that's the case – you know, a lot of people still think that, you know, he's this all pro type of player, but he's just been banged up a lot. And and I could see him getting, you know, plenty of money and just looking back that, you know, whether it's injuries or just not living up to his contract, uh, a guy that, you know, just doesn't live up to the hype. One thing, again, just to loop back to the quarterback conversation, because I my mind is spinning right now with the Carson Wentz news and like what this means moving forward. <laughs> One thing I will say, we talked about the seats at the table for these quarterbacks, right? And there's only so many of them. I think one big thing moving forward as this Deshaun Watson thing develops, right? It's going to be a team that did not already make a move at the quarterback position that will then address it with the risk on the Deshaun Watson thing if he ever does get absolved of, of you know, wrongdoing moving forward. And and there's a big, what is it, a grand, grand jury something on, on Friday? I don't know the exact details of it. I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I, I promise you. Um, if a team like Carolina does not address the quarterback position in like the first week and a half of free agency, I think that then becomes like a target place for Deshaun, if that makes sense. Like it'll be a team that doesn't make one of these Carson Wentz 
Mitch Trubisky moves that is in the sweepstakes for that team, just out of or that quarterback out of pure desperation. I just like it, it's hard for me to imagine that like this early in the NFL offseason that we're going to top the Russell Wilson trade, but it's like it would probably be that Deshaun Watson trade, which seems more likely than not at this point. And yeah, as you mentioned on Friday, we should have a little bit more clarity as to whether or not he's going to be available to even play, which if we do get that clarity on Friday, I would assume it's going to happen fast. Like they're going to move him quick because teams have already been calling. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are ready to have an offer on the table. As soon as it's made clear that he is going to play this season. It's incredible to me that when we talk about Watson or when the media talks about Watson, they address it as his situation and ignore the actual situation. And I understand that they probably can't say too much about it, but the NFL in a nutshell, man, is it's showing its face when we, when we get to this Deshaun Watson talk. Without a doubt. <laughs> I, mean, I, I totally agree with you, but we'll see. Uh, Carson Wentz, again, is the uh, new quarterback for the Washington football team, commanders, uh, whatever we're calling them now. Yeah, it's been a nuts couple of days. So we'll see how the dominoes continue to fall. We haven't even officially hit free agency yet in the NFL. But there's a ton of stuff to discuss right now. The NFL offseason's been crazy so far. But we appreciate you guys listening to everything that we're doing here on NFL University as well as the SB Nation NFL Show. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on Apple and Spotify. You can follow Justice on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. You can follow KP at KP underscore show. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We will talk to you guys next week. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.